To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to freefitnessaudio.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to the Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is episode number 35, and I'm Kevin, and Wes is on the other line. Hey, Wes, how's it going? Hey, Kevin. Good. I am uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after a little nap here. Naps are great, and I actually was just listening to this guy named Rob Wolf, who is a big paleo diet guy, which is similar to the primal way of eating Sure. that we've talked about with Mark Sisson. Did paleo humans take naps? Yeah, yeah. And actually, he talks a lot about sleep in general, not just naps, but just kind of sleep in general and how mm-hmm. people go to him. He's a kind of a trainer and um, works in the fitness industry. And people go to him and ask him about energy levels and they want to have more energy for this and that. And he says the number one recommendation that he gives is just get more sleep. Sure. Go to bed early. That's the main thing. And it's something that I think is overlooked um, quite a bit. You know, we're trying to get all fancy with all kinds of different uh, supplements and workout routines and things like that to get more energy, but sometimes it just comes down to the basics. Mm-hmm. Listening to what your body is telling you rather than overriding it and just plowing through it and developing more stress, and that's not going to lead to uh, good outcomes in the long run, that's for sure. Exactly. Maybe we'll have Rob on a show as an interviewee or a guest. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him on my other podcast on uh, Try Swim Coach tomorrow, so we're going to mm-hmm. set something up for a healthy MyFit body in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, well, one thing we know for certain, Paleolithic humans did not eat donuts. (laughs) Pretty sure. Even though we've talked about our affection, even though we really don't even indulge in them, we do uh, (laughs) sort of fantasize about these donuts with little sprinkles on top and so forth. And this article that we wanted to cover today on Scientific American, it was really interesting because it has a picture of donuts and it says, Donut Defeat. (laughs) This year, U.S. Dietary Guidelines may target refined carbohydrates which increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So this is interesting because the subtitle says, whether the new thinking will be reflected in this year's revision of the federal dietary guidelines remains unclear. And the title was, Carbs Against Cardio, More Evidence That Refined Carbohydrates, Not Fats, Threaten the Heart. Yeah, I'm not going to hold out for those federal dietary guidelines, are you? You're not? (laughs) I don't think so. Oh, come on. Those people know where it's at, don't they? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they don't. They're leading the whole country, you know, over the waterfall. Yeah, uh, many ways. Great big boats. (laughs) Yeah, I actually like the title of the article, though, Carbs Against Cardio. They didn't really cover the exercise part of it, but you could kind of tie in both of those and talk about how, you know, we should avoid both. (laughs) Yeah, they said eat less saturated fat. That has been the take-home message from the U.S. government for the past 30 years. But while Americans have dutifully reduced the percentage of daily calories from saturated fat since 1970, the obesity rate during that time has more than doubled, diabetes has tripled, and heart disease is still the country's biggest killer. Now a spate of new research, including a meta-analysis of nearly two dozen studies, suggests a reason why. Investigators may have picked the wrong culprit. Hmm, they just kind of like threw the dice and picked the wrong culprit. Yeah, whoops, sorry about that. Exactly. Hopefully not too many people got sick or lost their lives. Mm -hmm. Processed carbohydrates, which many Americans eat today in place of fat, may increase the risk of obesity, diabetes, and heart disease more than fat does, a finding that has serious implications for new dietary guidelines expected this year. Well, it doesn't matter what guidelines that they put forth, it's pretty much a sure bet that it's going to be wrong, as we've covered in previous podcasts. 
because the vested interests just aren't conducive to finding the truth in these matters, are they? No, not at all. They mentioned uh, in the article the low-fat, calorie-restricted diet based on American Heart Association guidelines. And I was just listening to, I think it was the Jimmy Moore show, and he had a guest on that mentioned that the head of the American Heart Association actually on record said that there has never been a study showing that saturated fats are bad for your health. Yeah. So this guy got him to say that, to admit it. There's never been a study that's shown that. Mm-hmm. And he basically was, you know, was kind of stuck because then why are they promoting that saturated fats are so horrible? Isn't that something? Yeah. And this huge meta-analysis they did of nearly 350,000 people was overseen by Ronald Krauss, director of the atherosclerosis research at the Children's Hospital in Oakland Research Institute, found no association between the amount of saturated fat consumed and the risk of heart disease. Yeah, there you go. And it joins up their conclusions in the research. And uh, this is nothing really new. I mean, this has been around for decades. I mean, Robert Atkins was talking about this stuff and referencing studies decades ago. Yeah, but getting it into the mainstream, it's actually surprising that this article came out and it is. it seems to be kind of slowly making its way into the mainstream. Then mm-hmm. it can't be a bad thing. And this New England Journal of Medicine study uh, was the other one, and they put people on three different diets, low-fat, calorie-restricted diet based on the American Heart Association guidelines, a Mediterranean-restricted calorie diet rich in vegetables and low in red meat, and a low-carb, non-restricted calorie diet. Although the subjects on the low-carb diet ate the most saturated fat, they ended up with the healthiest ratio of HDL to LDL cholesterol, and lost twice as much weight as their low-fat eating counterparts. Yeah, well, that pretty much sums it up, right? I mean, we don't, <laughs> we can drop everything that we thought we knew over the last 30 years and move on. Yeah, it's really amazing how they can stick to these guidelines for years in spite of what the evidence shows. And if you just dig a little bit into this research, you find out that, hey, what's the biggest factor in people's obesity and ever increasing weight uh, in terms of fat deposition? And as we've covered in previous shows, and I remember our interview with Tom Naughton talking about the big fat lie, right? Yeah. In his movie, documentary, he talked about the nature of insulin. And that's one of the big reasons for people putting on the weight. And the insulin factor is something that's kind of been overlooked by the mainstream. Because, again, there's all these vested interests. At the, towards the end of the article, it says... Um, We're finding that messages to consumers need to be short and simple and to the point. This is the head bureaucrat, deputy director of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion. (laughs) It's amazing. Not not the CSPI. It's the, uh, who knows? This is the, uh, from the horse's mouth. USACNPP. Right. (laughs) Yeah, he says, um, we're finding that messages to consumers need to be short and simple and to the point. Another issue facing regulatory agencies, notes Harvard Stamfer, is that, quote, the sugared beverage industry is lobbying very hard and trying to cast doubt on all these studies. <laughs> well, I'm going to listen to the sugared beverage industry. I don't know about you. I think they might have, you know, some pretty good points to make. Hey, Coke is it, isn't it? What's their phrase? Coke is I mean, they have all these ways <laughs> of promoting their stuff, uh, carbonated sugar water. Yeah. And what was the Pepsi one? Be young. That was a few years ago. Be young, drink Pepsi. Taste of a new generation. Be young, have fun, drink Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one way to make yourself age even faster is to drink all that sugar. Sure. And then, of course, they say nobody's advocating that people start gorging themselves on saturated fats, tempting as that may (laughs) sound, as if you're going to sit down and start eating a stick of butter, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I do actually sometimes grab a spoonful of coconut oil. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah. Saturated fats may ultimately be neutral compared to the processed carbs and sugars those found in cereals, breads, pastas, and cereals. If you reduce saturated fat and replace it with high glycemic index carbs, you may not only not get benefits, you might actually produce harm. Next time you eat a piece of butter toast, he says, consider that butter is actually the more healthful component. Yeah, that's really amazing. I remember a long time ago when I believed in the low-fat diet, I remember seeing people slathering all this butter on their bread, and I thought, like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, yeah, which is worse, the butter or the bread? And it turns out the bread is actually the worst. Yeah, I think the bread contributes the most to belly fat. Yeah. And did you know that we've been on Oprah? We've been on Oprah. Oh. Well, not we, you and I, just uh, our ideas, the things that we've been talking about, the insulin factor and so forth. Yeah. I came across this guy recently from a friend of ours. His name's Jorge Cruz, and he has a whole bunch of books out, but his message is very similar to what we've been saying, although he does, in his Belly Fat Cure book, talk about lowering your saturated fat intake. He doesn't really malign it. He's just a little bit anxious to recommend it outright. Right. But uh, he is focusing on the insulin factor, and he's getting it into the mainstream, which is really great, I think. Yeah. He's been on Oprah. He's been on CNN and MSNBC. He has a whole bunch of videos on his site talking about his cure. So, yeah, he's got the belly fat cure, and he points to insulin as the culprit, which is great. And he's got, you know, really, if we went through his site, here and talked about everything, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of difference between what he's saying and what we're saying in terms of uh, nutrition. You don't need to count calories. Don't focus so much on exercise to lose body fat. Uh, weight train with higher intensity. He has a super slow workout called the 12-second yeah. something or other. Um, and cut the sugars and look up for the hidden sugars. I think that's all good stuff compared to what the uh, traditional guidelines have been telling people, right? Yeah, and that's all good stuff. I, you know, I think what he's missing and what most of these sites and recommendations are missing is the uh, psychological component. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did notice that Johnny Bowden had a quick blog post on the importance of psychology when it comes to weight loss, but he didn't really get into much detail on it. And he didn't talk about the how part of it. It was just kind of like, yeah, it's real important to have a strong psychological framework when you're trying to lose weight, but that doesn't really help people, I don't think. No, you need the whole context, and self-esteem psychology is really where it's at. Focusing on your self-concept issues, what do you think is possible to you? Yeah. Who do you think you are, in a sense, like on a fundamental sense? What are your values? What are your virtues? How do you go about achieving things? And how do you deal with these thoughts and feelings on the subconscious level that are motivating you in directions that are not so healthy right. and are preventing you from going on those healthy directions? And that's the key, I think, to lasting lifestyle changes that we're talking about in this process of achieving a healthy mind, fit body. And of course, we get into that in the end of the book. We have a whole seven-day program you can go through and just start exploring that stuff that is really deeply ingrained. It takes a lot to start connecting to those disowned parts of oneself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, just relating that to the Jorge Cruz site, you know, he talks about avoiding hidden sugar. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see that there is such a thing as hidden sugar. It's just kind of not really paying attention, not being aware of what's in your food and what's on that nutritional label and just going with the flow kind of when it comes to eating instead of, you know, really paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with psychology and what are you focusing on. And technically speaking, it's not just sugars, it's actually all carbohydrates. 
Sure. Uh, being type 1 diabetic myself, I realize that any sort of carbohydrate I eat, whether it's complex or simple, is going to be reduced down to glucose into my bloodstream. So that requires insulin. And to his credit, Jorge mentions, without lowering insulin levels, it is impossible to lose weight, regardless of calorie intake or exercise intensity. Yeah. And that's a great message to get out. But uh, that is. you're right, there is a psychology behind all this. And I think he's kind of uh, cutting corners in some ways. Uh, I have my criticisms, but one of his things is lose 14 pounds in 14 days that's not really metabolically possible or healthy in terms of losing, you know, sustained fat loss. Yeah. And even just putting those numbers out there, I mean, everyone's a little different. You can't just say, you know, you're going to lose this amount in this amount of time because then it sets you up for failure. I think it's the wrong message to be putting out there. Two to three pounds a week is uh, pretty doable. Yeah. Four pounds maybe. But um, if you start losing a pound a day, it's going to be water weight, maybe some muscle too. Right. Uh, it's kind of like his way of trying to tell people to kickstart the system, you know. Yeah. And I know when people yeah. start the induction phase at Atkins, they can lose more than what typically would be lost just through fat burning. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds good from a marketing perspective. It sounds great. And then I think that's maybe also why he's not promoting the saturated fat or he's kind of poo-pooing saturated fat a little bit because, you know, it's just hard for people to accept that. So he's probably going with the uh, safe route Mm -hmm. of just keeping that on the down low. But he is telling people to eat the whole egg rather than throw the yolks away. I remember when I was... uh working out before in my high-carb, low-fat days, and I would throw out a few egg yolks as I was making omelets and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to make the omelets, and I'd have like six eggs, and I'd throw out all the yolks, or maybe I'd keep one in and be like, you know, tasteless, and, you know, a lot of the nutrition would be gone, but I thought I was good. Yeah, you're losing half the protein and uh, the fat in the eggs, so yeah, that's not cool. No, but, oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to cover if we're done with the Jorge Cruz thing. Sure. I uh, did a blog post yesterday because I hear people talking a lot about how they're on a diet and they're looking forward to their cheat day, mm -hmm. right? So they're doing everything right. And then on Sunday, they're going to eat anything they want and they're going to go crazy. And I had to think about that a little bit to figure out what my thoughts were on it. And I heard them talking about it today on the Rob Wolf podcast I listened to, the same. And um, what I was saying in my blog post is that having a cheat day is, is assuming that you're on a diet, you know, put that in quotes, on a diet. Yeah, exactly. So then it's kind of like you fell off the diet and then you're going to have to get back on it. And I don't like the idea at all. The better way to go about it is to just consistently eat the foods that are good for you and that you like. Mm -hmm. And then if you, you know, have an occasion where you want to have a dessert, well, go for it. And then the next meal, you're right back on track and you're not sacrificing and, you know, you start to actually crave foods that are good for you and you're not craving those bad foods. You don't really want that cheat day where you're, you know, having all this crap and then feeling like crap the next day because you overdid it. Yeah, you're not looking for all these, um, you know, low-carb donut type substitutes to try to <laughs> satisfy that sweet tooth. And I know Jorge presents the whole artificial sweetener stevia and xylitol and so forth to cater to people's sweet tooths. And, you know, the whole eating stuff that isn't so good for you, that has a lot of carbs, just is reflective of the inner conflict that people have with regard to how they treat their bodies. Do you want to do things that are good for your body? And if so, how do you do that in a way that uh, can navigate successfully through this culture of all these bad sort of carbs that we have? And just align yourself with what you really want in your life, what you really value. And that's that's deeply psychological stuff. And I think it's really important to focus on that, that inner conflict and resolving those things. 
Exactly. Yeah. And just to mention, uh, we have a new page for giving away a free gift and it's an audio. We mentioned this on previous podcasts, but the audio is called the three pillars for achieving your perfect weight through the mind body connection. Mm -hmm. And you can download it and listen to it right away or put it on your iPod and listen to it while you work out or whatever. But the site is freefitnessaudio.com and you just put your name and email address in there and we'll send that right to you. Absolutely. Yes. Have your undivided attention, no distractions. Just go ahead and get that. It's really a great overview of how we base the show and what we base the book on and so forth. So, yep. Sounds great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you next week. It's-